Hello, today is the 13th of June, and it is the second Sunday after Trinity. I would invite you to pray with me now the collect appointed for today. O Lord, who never failest to help and govern those who, whom thou dost bring up in thy steadfast fear and love, keep us, we beseech thee, under the protection of thy good providence, and make us to have a perpetual fear and love of thy holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the collect for today, we acknowledge that God never fails to help and govern uh, the people whom he has called, the people whom he has uh, drawn unto himself, and to bring, uh, and, and also to bring uh, up those people, his, his people, uh, in his steadfast fear, his constant fear and love. And so we ask God to keep us under the protection of his good providence, to keep us under uh, his protection, and also to make us have a perpetual, a constant fear and love of his holy name, to, as we are protected and as we are cared for by him, to love him more dearly and to be drawn more closely to him. Uh, and we ask this, of course, through in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the epistle appointed for today begins at the, uh, it comes from first, uh, first epistle of St. John, the third chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Excuse me, the third chapter, I believe I said that correctly, the third chapter, 13th verse. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love, our, we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in, in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this we shall know if we are of the truth, and reassure our heart before him. For whoever, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God that whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe, in the name of the, we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit whom he has given us. Here endeth the lesson. Well, St. John here writes, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Uh, the Christian has to live in the world, but it's not of the world. There is a difference between the Christian and, and the world. And because of that, because of this constant tension, uh, the world does hate us at times. And so St. John writes, uh, don't be surprised when the world hates you. In fact, that should be expected. We have passed as Christians from death into life. We have a new life in Christ. And that comes with many blessings, but it also comes 
uh, with this with this tension, with this dichotomy, with this uh, enmity with the world, and we have passed out of death to life because we. If we're walking in the spirit, we show love to our brothers. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Jesus said that. If you, if you have hated uh, in your heart, now you're not, you've not, you probably have not committed murder, but you have, you're guilty of murder in your heart. And so if we hate, uh, we, we need to be aware of that because Scripture tells us that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. As we recognize that sin, we need to repent of it. We need to ask God for forgiveness. We need to ask God to change our hearts. And we know love is as a picture of what love is. Christ laid down his life for us and we should lay down our life for our brothers. Now, most of us are not going to be called to martyrdom. Some Christians have been and some Christians will be. But he uses this example. If, if we have the world's goods and we see a brother in need, uh, we should not close our hearts against him, but we should give and, and seek to aid our brother. And he charges us to love not in word or talk, but in deed and truth, to put feet to our love and to love uh, our brother in good works and in giving and stewardship uh, and in all sorts of things. Not just say we love our brother, but actually show that we love our brother. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and, and reassure our heart before him. Uh, he writes of when our heart condemns us. There are times when we recognize our own sinfulness, our own shortfalling, uh, our own uh, falling short before God. And when we see that we have this love and when we know that our hearts have been changed, it comforts us, it reassures us. We all fall short. We should be bearing fruit in our lives. If our heart does not condemn us, when we see change that has taken place, when we know that we are seeking, uh, when we know that we're following God more closely and we can see the work of God in our lives and the fruit of, of our faith born in our lives, we have confidence before God. And when we act, what we act, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Now, of course, if we're walking closely to God. We're going to ask in accordance with his will. But we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Now, we don't do that to earn our salvation. We don't, it's not works righteousness. We do that because that is the fruit from which our faith may be discerned. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his, of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Uh, we should have faith in Christ and we should show that uh, through love. And if we love our fellow man as we do ourselves, then we will keep God's commandments toward him. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And how do we know that we abide in him? We know by the spirit whom he has given us. By the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit reassures us 
The Holy Spirit convicts us at times, but he draws us closer to him and guides us. The gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning at the 16th verse. But he said to him, a man uh, gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say <clears throat> to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they, but they all began to make excuses. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first one said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of ox and I must go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master and the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, what, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that the house may be full. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, this is more than just a lesson in, in etiquette, although all of those men had been invited to the banquet. They had all... Um, received the honor of a of the an invitation to the banquet to this great banquet and uh, the servant comes and compels them to come and says it's ready this great feast is ready come and so they presented excuses and none of the excuses that they gave were necessarily for bad things I'm um, buying a field and wanting to see it that's not a bad thing. Buying a yoke of oxen and wanting to examine them, to try them, is not a bad thing. And marrying a wife is not a bad thing. But all of them had allowed that to distract from the banquet, from their invitation to this banquet. And of course, this is uh, analogous to, this is a parable. Uh, so it is explaining, of course, the invitation to the great to the marriage supper of the Lamb to come and to feast uh, at God's riches. And so they all ask to be excused for the cares of this world. And so the servant comes and reports this to the master, and the master becomes angry. And so he says, ask the poor and the lame and crippled and blind and lame. These are not the beautiful people. They're invited to the banquet. And they do respond. And then there's still room. And so the master says, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. The house may be filled. None of those first men shall taste his banquet. Well, first of all, for those of us who are Christians... We should realize that it is purely by God's grace that we 
have responded to him. We were the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. We were not the beautiful people. Secondly, we should go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. We should be anxious to tell of the good news of Jesus Christ and to invite others to him, to believe in him. And thirdly and finally, we should, when God calls us, we should not present excuses like those who were first invited, but rather we should respond to him and seek to live and glorify him and serve him. Thank you and God bless you.